If there's no other reason to support virtual racing, a very good reason to support it is the fact that it it presents equality, you mm-hmm. know, for men and women. And I think I think it's it's important to actually give credit to Zwift for that because um, they made it their mission that that they would only do everything they've ever done on Zwift has been equal, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That was really important for them uh, from the onset that they wouldn't do anything unless it was 100% equal. And I think that that's been really important if we if we consider the virtual Tour de France. So, you know, the Tour de France has been a big issue for for women's cycling. You know, the the fact that the ASO just don't really care for women's cycling and the fact that they're just super aggressive. ASO are super aggressive. They only want to do something that makes them money. And they don't you know, they realize that maybe women's cycling could make money in the long term. They, do, they don't even want to take the risk of having to invest up front mm-hmm. for the now to benefit in the long term. Um, so anyways, even if we've had the La Course race, it's always been a bit of um, it's been a difficult one for me, the La Course, because although it is great to have a women's race at the Tour de France, I've always had this feeling that it's just been a consolation prize. Like, We'll just do as little as possible to keep everyone happy. And even just the the fact that um, it has to have its own name. So we were never, like the Tour de France name was never really associated with with women's cycling, you know. Mm -hmm. So even with La Course, it was La Course by the Tour de France. And the Tour de France Twitter pages or any of their social media platforms never mentioned the La Course race. There was never any exposure on those channels for the La Course race. So although we had obviously live TV coverage, there was no real proper promotion that I felt really gave us the full benefit of of being part of the Tour de France, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, and so for the first time in 2020, in the middle of a COVID pandemic, because Zwift said, we will only do this if it's equal for men and women, the ASO had no option. If they wanted mm. to use Zwift, which was the best platform at the time, they had to do it for men and women. And for the first time in years, suddenly the Tour de France name was associated with the women as well as the men. It was the virtual Tour de France for the men and for the women. Yeah. And it was pretty, for me, that was some, it was really huge, you know, having 100% equality associated to the Tour de France name. Um, and I, I, to this day, I still kind of feel like it wasn't given the credit that it really deserved, you know, that, that there still hasn't really been that penny drop moment for, for so many of, of my colleagues and even people involved in women's cycling, that, mm-hmm. that that's really huge, you know. And if that's just one reason to get behind the virtual racing, it's a very good reason. It's true, uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, like, one of the main arguments that, and a lot of the the problems that that people have with virtual racing is the comparison to racing on the road. Yeah. For example, drafting mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think th- the way that you're saying it sounds like it is very similar with while still being a very different yeah. beast to tackle kind of. Yeah, well I so that is the big problem is that it's being compared and I don't think it should be compared. That's so it's like comparing men's cycling, women's cycling when they're totally different things. Or road cycling to track. Yeah. I mean, they're totally different disciplines or mm-hmm. road cycling to mountain biking. It's it's all forms of cycling, but they're different disciplines and that's why I'm actually quite happy that it's now been recognized as its own discipline because mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't 
I don't want it to be compared to road cycling um, because it is a totally different discipline. And yeah, I mean, if we look into it, it is a game at the end of the day. And there are going to be some things like, of course, the draft effect is maybe not, well, it's certainly not 100% accurate because it's great while you're in the bunch, but as soon as you get dropped, it's impossible, almost impossible to get back. So that is one well, of the issues. that's the experience I have with real racing too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it can be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. People can criticize the draft effect, but at the end of the day, I think um, what makes Swift so cool is the fact that there are all these elements. You know, there's the draft effect, there's the power-ups, whereas a lot of the other platforms is purely power-to-weight. So I think... Let's give some credit where credit is due. And it is quite an exciting platform, but it's, it is its own discipline. And, um, you know, it's interesting to think, like, why, why do certain people perform well on it and others not? Um, why is it there's not such a, a big crossover between road pros being good on, on Zwift? And there's various reasons. I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons why is because of the mentality like if you want to be good on Zwift, you have to you have to want to race it. You have to want to suffer, you know. So if you're gonna get on your indoor trainer and line up on the start line of a Zwift race, and you have any reservations around virtual racing, then you may as well not start because then your mentality is wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. We so, call it the send it or save it mentality. You have to send it. You have to send it, and from the word go. So. And that's another reason why possibly it doesn't suit so many road pros because it's probably better suited to cross-country mountain bikers, you know, people who do crit racing or, I don't know, even track cyclists because, you know, you start hard, it's you, your heart rate goes up immediately, it stays up the entire race. It's never longer than an hour and a half is the longest race I've ever done, maybe two hours on Swift, then maybe it calms down, but most of them are short they're sharp you know you you get going it's brutal and then it's over fast you know for my full conversation with ashley moen pasio about everything from her growing business rocker corpus cycling to being on sd works with anna vandebregen and what she's looking forward to in the future and her thoughts on all things e-racing check out the freewheeling podcast anywhere podcasts are found thank you <laughs>